Welcome to Policy Today. Thoughtful discussion of current issues vital to the future prosperity of Washington State. Produced by the Washington Research Council. My name is Lou Moore. I'm president of the Washington Research Council, and I'm joined here today by Chris Showbloom, who is our research director and economist, as well as Emily Makings, who is our senior research analyst. And today we're going to talk about House and Senate budgets, uh, particularly the Senate budget that was just passed, and take a look at it in terms of comparison with the House uh, budget. And this is a uh, research endeavor that Emily has been on in the lead on. So, Emily, what's going on with the Senate budget? So the Senate would increase near general fund state plus opportunity pathway spending by $4.2 billion over 2013-15 to a total of $38 billion. Maintenance level changes increase spending by $5.3 billion, and those include the costs of implementing Initiative 1351, which was approved by voters last year, as we've, as we've said before, and would reduce um, class sizes. And then net policy level changes in the Senate budget would decrease spending by $1.2 billion. The number is a little skewed because it includes a $2 billion reduction for Initiative 1351. Like the House, the Senate would essentially ignore 1351 except as regards to the class size reductions for grades K through 3, which they were already going to do. So some policy changes in the Senate budget include... Increases to K through 12 funding by about $500 million. And compared to the House, that's about $90 million less than the House spends on K-12 if you take out compensation. Compensation is another story that I'll get to in a, in a few minutes. The Senate budget would increase higher ed funding to institutions by $250 million. And it would reduce financial aid funding by a net of $66 million. Those policies are part of a broader change in higher ed policy that the Senate would make. It takes back tuition setting authority from the institutions for resident undergrads. And it also requires that their tuition be a percentage of the state's average wage going forward. And this means a tuition reduction for the 2015-17 biennium. It increases employee compensation by about $178 million dollars but it does not fund the collective bargaining agreements that the governor reached with the various unions. Instead, it provides a general salary increase of $1,000 in fiscal year 2015 and $1,000 in fiscal year 2016. The House's budget would increase spending by $5.2 billion, so the two chambers overall are about a billion dollars apart. And most of the difference is due to compensation issues. The House does fund the collective bargaining agreements, and while both the House and the Senate would fund the Initiative 732 teacher cost of living adjustments, the House provides an additional COLA above and beyond the 732 for teachers. So that's kind of the gist of the spending that the Senate passed. Okay, so in sum, these budgets are not that far apart or not that different other than the issue of compensation. That's yeah, the major bro- differentiator. Yeah, broadly compensation is the major difference in spending. Okay, and I've seen headlines that say that the Senate budget is a no new taxes budget. Is that that's yeah, that's that's basically true. There are no general um, tax increases. There's not a capital gains tax or anything like that that was in the House 
Okay. So, uh, Chris, we were talking before we began the podcast here about some of the differences in, in the budget. An issue that we have talked about before, and I'm sure we will again, the tax incentive for research and development. What's, what's going on there in this budget? So the Senate intends to um, uh, reinstate some R&D incentives, uh, which expired or lapsed at the beginning of this year. The new versions will be somewhat less generous than the old versions were, but um, all in all, those of us who are kind of worried about the, the full expiration find this to be a positive. Our future of the state, at least part of the state's economy, is, is tied to uh, high technology, and uh, all of our competitor states have some sort of R&D incentives, and we just need to have something. Mm-hmm. So, Emily going to ask you in a second about what happens next in the chess game here, but it looks to me like it's interesting that the House and the Senate are fairly close on education funding, which uh, it seems to me or it appears to me that uh, both houses, both parties are taking McCleary very seriously, not taking 1351 quite as seriously. It looks like a a compromise legislative fix overall may be uh, in the offing there. The Senate, the Republicans are not giving the deference to the employee interest group uh, that the Democrats are, which is uh, to a large degree is part of their base. But it looks like we have uh, an opening bid from each side, from each house and from each party that indicates that, that a deal can be reached here. They're not miles and miles apart. On most of the smaller issues, they're definitely very close. I guess it comes down to whether, I mean, in the House, they're very, they want to increase taxes. And in order to fund, I think, the largely the collective bargaining agreements, plus their other priorities. And the Senate definitely does not want to do that. So I don't know how easy it will be to overcome that difference. I was just thinking, um, I was not asking you, Emily, to predict uh, <laughs> uh, the, the course of events or how soon, but I, it's just that they're not hundreds and hundreds of miles apart no, here. No, no. Um, but philosophically, I don't, I mean, they are pretty far apart philosophically, I think. And so I don't know how easy that'll be to bridge. The session is supposed to be done April 26th. And they're right on time. Is and, that right? I They've definitely got several days to go and hopefully make come to an agreement. But you're right. They are very close on the spending question. Yeah. Do you have a, a figure on how much the uh, revenue is being lost because of the rollback of tuitions? No, not offhand. That, I think, is also going to be um, probably be an issue for them. It's uh, not beyond just for the Senate House, not beyond just what was lost with the, uh, with the additional taxes they were going to add. Mm-hmm. Emily, let me ask you this. What's next? What's the schedule, so to speak? I haven't heard anything about how soon they're going to get together. They'll have to conference and come to some sort of agreement, but I haven't seen any news stories yet on when that will occur. No indication as to when, but the uh, conversation begins in earnest at this point. Very well. This is Lou Moore with the Washington Research Council here with Chris Showbloom and Emily Makings, anxiously awaiting what happens next in the budget negotiations. Thank you for joining us today. Policy Today is a production of the Washington Research Council, dedicated to providing timely, credible research and policy analysis supporting economic vitality and private sector job creation. For more information, go to researchcouncil.org.